You're listening to the Home Staging Show podcast. I'm your host Nilin. This is a show where we talk about all things real estate, home staging, and now creating a vibrant and thriving home staging business. Welcome back to the show. This is episode 161. Hey guys, as you know, Seventeen Hats was our main sponsor at SagerCon 2021. We recommend Seventeen Hats because it was a critical part of our home staging business and free us up from lots of paperwork, admin, and chasing clients with emails so that we can focus on what we love to do, which is staging. If you're like us, you probably didn't go into the business for the paperwork. You know, all those invoices, emails, reminders, to-dos, and just the incessant chasing after client for paperwork. So that's where 17 Hats comes in for us. It's like you cloned yourself. Their all-in-one platform automates your staging business. 17 Hats handles the tedious stuff like payment reminders, capturing leads, proposal, invoicing, and even scheduling. We actually created a resource guide for you on our site. Just go to sagerumor.com slash 17 Hats and find out more about how we use 17 Hats in our home staging business. If you're a current 17 Hats user, we would love to hear about your story too. You can submit your 17 Hats story on our site at sagerumor.com slash 17 Hats. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Home Staging Show. So if you missed our community talk earlier this month, here is a replay from the talk. Ashley walked us through a home staging project where she had one finalist in this year's International Home Staging Awards. If you want to see the work in Ashley's slides, you can catch a replay for free. Just log into our online community lounge at sagemore.school. If you haven't registered for a free account yet, you can do so for free by going to sagemore.school. Once you sign up for the account, go to the menu bar on your left-hand side, click Classroom, and then you can find the private classroom with all the past Community Talk replays. Because we now switch to bi-monthly publishing schedule, if you want to make sure you keep up with what's happening at the school, you can subscribe to our newsletter. You can find it by going to our website. When you scroll down to the bottom, you will see an email subscription box. You can also follow us on Instagram at Sage where we will announce all the latest events and updates plus tips and tricks in running your home staging business. We're also going to have an open house on September 13th for our school, where we're going to open the enrollment for our multi-month home staging certification program as well. We're going to do a talk with Kristen McFeely of Philadelphia Design Collective. They do amazing work. Kristen actually has a background of real estate, so she has been a real estate broker for Compass for quite a while now, and she oversees 18 agents under her. So we're going to talk about her building her home staging business from the ground up to its operation now. We're also going to talk a little bit about her experience in working with real estate agents. Bobby McGrath, our very good friend of the school, is also going to do a talk with me as well, where Bobby actually is going to interview me this time about staging education and the industry in general. I'm also going to be hosting live Q&A session as well. If you're interested in joining for the open house, just sign up for free at sagemore.com slash open house. So a little bit about Ashley today. Design is Ashley's passion and she truly enjoys what she does. Designing makes her pinch herself happy. She holds herself to the highest standard of professionalism and have been awarded a staging excellence and client care awards from the International Home Staging Professional Association. Her education and life experience makes her so well suited to interior design and home staging. Ashley has taken numerous home staging and styling courses, including our very own Cash in the Cushions interior styling course. Ashley holds a degree in business and public relations from San Jose State. As a student, she studied graphic design, fashion, marketing, advertising, and photography. Professionally, she has always held creative positions 
as an event planner and also art director for a chain of thrift stores. One newspaper referred to Ashley as a Martha Stewart of thrift. For fun, she enjoys home remodeling and decorating projects. She's always working on something creative. She has an eye for detail and understands what it takes to make her client's home beautiful and comfortable, and she can stage her homes to sell for top dollar. All right, so let's start the show. So welcome everyone to our community talk. I know we've been on hiatus for a while because of SagerCon and the awards and a bunch of other stuff, but we're so glad to be here and to be back and having Ashley. Ashley is actually one of our finalists from this year's International Home Stager Awards. So she's actually going to talk about the project she submitted today. And this project actually also recently was featured in Apartment Therapy because one of the jury members on the jury this year was the real estate editor for Apartment Therapy. So Ashley actually won big because I don't think any of the winners got picked by Apartment Therapy, but you did. So that's why. Yeah, <laughs> I did love uh, that. And then just a quick reminder for you guys, if you don't know, we are doing a retreat in Italy in October and Ashley actually is coming as well. It's going to be really exciting. It's going to be a week of really immerse yourself in your home staging business. So the topics for masterclasses are going to be really tailored based on your needs for your home staging business. I have Elaine, who you might have seen at SagerCon as well. She's going to be the co-teacher on the retreat. We're also going to do an open house at the school next month on the 13th. And you're welcome to join us for that as well, because that is also virtual. All right. So without further ado, let's just let Ashley get started. Great. I'm super, super excited to be here. I owe so much to Cindy and just her podcast. I just learned so much and it was just so inspirational and it really like pushed me into having the business that I have today and just pushing myself to make everything look really good and make people that come in the space really happy and to have really good pictures. So thank you so much for that. A little bit about me. This is kind of like a second career for me. I graduated college, studied public relations and business and fashion design. When I graduated, I went into event planning, which was great. From the event planning, I went to work for my uncle's thrift store business, and they had 19 stores in five states. And I did graphic design, merchandising, merchandising training blogging, DIY projects with secondhand items. So it's been like, I think the perfect storm having a background in graphic design and thrift and like making something out of nothing and trying to be creative and being challenged. I think that this staging career, you know, was just a perfect opportunity for me to use my skill set. So that's a little bit about me. And now I own House Candy. It was House Candy Staging when I started. Now it's House Candy Home. And I do design and color and staging. And during COVID, I went to Uploft Academy and got a background in interior design to beef up my staging. And a lot of people go through houses that I've staged and they just want to hire me to do their space. So there's great synergy with all of that. For the project that was I was a finalist for and that was featured in Apartment Therapy, it was the Bay Street Project. It looks like this when we started. It was like a really funky textured building. It had, it looked like a cake almost. 
it started with a walkthrough with a, a group of realtors, a husband and wife. It was my first project for them. They've been a great client ever since. And their MO with real estate is let's fix things up before we sell them for top dollar. And so that is something that I just love. And so they bring me in. I have three services that I, I sell them. And the first service is this two-hour pre-sale consultation where we meet. A lot of times we might meet even with a contractor on site and we do just uh, inside, outside, detailed concept of what can we do here? What will get top dollar for the house? And I'm thinking about how we should stage it all the time as well. The two-hour consultation and notes is just a, a, a set fee. And I also usually include a paint consultation during this two-hour time. These are the notes actually from this pre-sale consultation. And the way that I do my notes, I do general notes overall that might be like painting, flooring, lighting, hardware. And then I go room by room or area by area. And you can even see like I include an inspiration picture of the kitchen, like having some sort of Spanish tile. I'm into the nitty gritty, like the bathroom door swung the wrong way and it hit the tile. It's like change the door swing. So we're looking for how can we make the house function better? How can we make it more attractive? And how can we get top dollar? So color consultations is definitely as a stager, a service that is super great to add to what you do. You know, I mean, we all know that a house that's an ugly color has challenges for selling. If it looks dark, it has challenges for selling. And so it makes a lot of sense. Paint is money well spent and it makes your staging look better if you have a place that's nicely painted. And I say that it's cash in a can. And so you can see the colors of the house that we did. We chose like a cream color with this really pretty smoky blue door. And then that black and white around the stairs is actually a stencil. And we did tile that was black and white inside the house. So my second service after the walkthrough for these design projects is I go back and create a mood board and I charge an hourly rate for this. And this is where I get into the nitty gritty and I start picking the finishes, like which floors are we going to use for this? Which stencils are we going to use on the stairs? These little custom numbers, these little custom numbers right here, I think they were from like Belgium or something like that. It was somewhere in, in Europe. And so we splurged and we really tried to balance like where can we splurge to have these custom fun details and where can we maybe not spend as much, but have something that's quality and, and looks good. And so these mood boards are also, they help me kind of solidify the design. They help the contractor understand the design and the client understand where we're going with it. So we don't make mistakes and get the paint on the house and the tile up and everything. And people go, oh, I don't like that. So this was a mood board kind of for the exterior interior colors and some of the main finishes like the flooring, the tile, and then the hardware color. Little custom elements like we planted a tomato garden in the backyard and we needed a new mailbox and things like that are there. And with the mood boards, I can do them by room, like the kitchen got its own mood board, the bathroom got its own mood board. This was just an overall mood board. 
And then quick updates as stagers that we can all do are things like lighting, door hardware. Door hardware really, really spices up the house and makes it look elevated. House numbers, cabinet pulls and knobs and faucets if they're grungy or like a cool faucet in the kitchen. They're super simple. They're quick. They're not that expensive. And definitely, I think you see value out of it. I think that's one of the reasons why the listings that I have go for so much over asking is because it really feels finished off. It's not like I just put in items in the house as is. We really kind of take care to update at least something. And then with these projects, you have to be flexible because things can go wrong. And so here are some of the things that went wrong on this project or and actually some are happy accidents. So the tile for this project started off as this blue and green and cream tile, not the black and white. And when all the tile came, it was all broken and there was some sort of supply chain thing and they weren't going to get it in for months. And so they were like, Ashley, you need to pick a new tile because this tile is not going to work out. And so I think it ended up being a happy accident. I really, really like the boldness of the black and white tile and, and it worked out. Here's the little shower niche and the wrong grout color went in there. And it just was one of those things that, that things are moving fast. You've got contractors and subcontractors and all these people in there. And it still looks really pretty, but it wasn't what I had specified. And then this twin bedroom right here, in my staging inventory, I had to get it ready for pictures and I was short a twin bed. And that's actually two queen, you know, those folding box springs. I use those as my mattresses. And so I just split it and it made two twin beds. They were a little bit smaller, but it did the job for staging. There were some time delays on the project, which is to be expected. Mm -hmm. It's hard. This picture isn't good, but this was the vintage copper chandelier and I loved it. And it accidentally got thrown away during the demolition of some of the other items. So we put something else in and, and painted the medallion and it was really pretty, but I was disappointed, but you have to just kind of roll with it in these situations because they're trying to do it fast to get it on the market. And that brings me to the third service that I sell to my clients, which is the vacant staging. And for this one, I wanted to go with a vintage coastal and slightly modern design. This house is near the beach and it's in a busy location and it's a small house. So we thought it might be a starter home for somebody and probably a younger person. So we kind of went trendy with some of the accessories and it just, it, it looked really fun and, and funky. And I usually, for my staging, I don't put a mood board together, but for this one, because we needed curtains, it was on a busy road. I just wanted to make sure that everything played nicely together. And then we had this bold tile too. These items are actually items I own in my inventory and I use a program called Design Files. It's great for making mood boards and cutting out backgrounds and, you know, I could lay the floors down, the paint color. I kind of made a fake little fireplace with the tile just to see how everything looked and it was super helpful. 
my process for staging, if any of you are curious, is I do a walkthrough. I write out a list of all the big things that I need, like big couches, chairs, coffee tables, trees, standing lamps, bedside tables, et cetera. And so I put together a list and I'll type it up, make a nice little checklist so I don't forget those things on the truck. And then I'll pull the art and accessories that I think will go. And then I always pull extra, extra art, extra accessories, extra plants to have them on the site. And then, but I make sure I don't pack too many. And so then I can drive it back after we finish staging and then I use movers and they're gone at that point. So I I don't want to have too much stuff. This is the part that excites me is just the before and afters. I'm just a sucker for before and afters. So we had the terracotta house with the sun and we changed it to a really pretty cream color. We um, re-skimmed this front wall right here. And here are those cute little house numbers. Mm. This isn't me, but we had an artist come in and stencil and that just, it added so much curb appeal to this space. And it took her maybe four hours, something like that. And the stencils were only like 20 bucks. And so I think it really added a lot to the curb appeal. And then here is the inside. It was dark. You can see we have some test paints on the wall. It had regular hardwood floors, and we made the decision to mm-hmm. go over those with the luxury vinyl plank, even though it's a vintage home, because you'll see the pictures of the kitchen. The floors were just really bad tile, and we couldn't bring the hardwood into there. And it made sense as a beach house and at kind of a lower starter price point for this area. So we just went with the LVP throughout the house and it just, it makes a smaller house look bigger when you have the same flooring go through. And you can see right here that the curtains and and all the items that I used in from the mood board, you know, it looks pretty much like what I expected. So that was kind of fun to see that come together. We've got the terracotta tile floor in the kitchen. The cabinets were in good shape. So we left them and painted them. We changed out hardware. Oh, another thing that went wrong is this really cool farm sink that was vintage broke during the construction. So we got a new farm sink, which probably was better to have a good sink, but we had planned on keeping that. And uh, we got new appliances, quartz counters. The old counters were like a Somebody had put in a granite counter with a live edge and it it was, it looked like a mountain house kind of thing. It it really didn't look good. And then all of this beautiful tile, it just really like made the house sparkle. Here's the bathroom and the swing from the door hit the toilet and the sink. So we changed the swing from the door and then just did like a classic subway tile this fun little niche right here and this quartz ledge. And it was just really fun to work with the contractor Mm -hmm. and put these details together Mm -hmm. to set this house to its new, a new decade and a new time, but everything was cohesive instead of like the boob lights and the the bad tile. And this house had been decorated and repaired over years. And so it just didn't look good. The, primary bedroom had 
hanging boob lights, a dark blue paint, and we just kind of cleaned it up with the fresh paint color. We did the same color throughout the whole house just to keep it simple and to make the small house look bigger. I just staged it kind of youthful for the people that I thought would probably be buying the house. You can't do staging without the backyard these days, at least in California. So here were some pictures of the test colors that we were working on. We put in party lights, these posts with the party lights, because party lights make people happy. And my staging, I try to give them little moments of these things make me happy. I have to have this house. And we put in a little tomato garden in the planner box that was in the back. The yard really Mm. looked good with, you know, we just watered the grass and, and the patio. We just reset that a little bit, but we didn't do a whole lot to it. And it really looked great. These are the before and afters that I submitted for the contest. And you can kind of see the kitchen and this archway with a little bit of the living room and both of the pictures. It just, I don't know, I'm still, you know, I just still really, really love this house. It it was so fun to work on and just brought me a ton of joy. And I still drive by it and I'm super excited for the people that that bought it. So we got our first question from Olga. What are the main tips for people who are starting out a home staging business? I think grow your business as your client list grows. So start small, you know, and don't just buy everything to do, you know, five or 10 houses right away. Like get a few under your belt. And as you book new jobs, start to get more inventory. Definitely talk to the realtor, the homeowners about these upgrades, because a lot of them don't even think about it. They don't even know like, Hey, your doorknobs don't match. And your house is going to like look way more polished. If you change that, like they don't know. And so, you know, my pre-sale consultation at first people were like, well, is that free? And it's like, no, it's so valuable. And you will get more money for your house if you do these things And so if you can start to get your realtor clients used to that, I mean, they love it and they make more money. The homeowner makes more money. They have a better brand because they have houses that look better and kind of put together. They get known for that. I mean, for me, I really like and enjoy that part of my business and it's more revenue. And I have one company that I work with or some realtors And they're in a market that's like an hour away from me. And she found me because one of her clients bought a house that I staged and did color on. And so I do pre-sale consultations and these design consultations for them, but I don't do the vacant staging. They have another stager do it. Love that. Olga does have a follow-up question, especially with getting first client. Do you have any tips for her? Oh, you gotta just... Start to meet people, get out there. If you have the brokers tour like we do or open houses, like start to meet realtors. I feel so blessed because some good friends of mine are, you know, well-known realtors in town. And I told them I was thinking about doing this, about being a stager and they've known me and they said, yes, and we'll hire you. And they even helped me like when I was picking out my company name, 
they helped me, you know, narrow it down. They're like, oh my gosh, house candy. It makes me smile. Yeah. You got to do that. <laughs> like, it's not too like informal or unprofessional. And they're like, no, it's great. You, you got to do it. Meet people. I feel really lucky that I had them like tell people, yeah, Ashley can do this. She's legit. She's going to, you know, make your house look great. I love that. And Olga, you should definitely check out our open house next month. You can sign up for free at sagemore.com slash open house. And Kelsey has a question. Are there any particular places you look to see what's trending and what's out? I mean, I watch design TV and, you know, so things are there as long as the shows are new. I get magazines, I get Architectural Digest, Dwell, HGTV, being a designer too, I'm always shopping. And so I'm always like, you know, on Pottery Barn and West Elm and, you know, Shades of Light and all these different companies just so I can kind of see the trends and you can sign up for their emails too. And then you don't have to open them every time, but you do get emails when they have new products and you can kind of see the trends there. Oh, I listen to podcasts too, design podcasts and people talk about what's going on there as well. Coastal grandma is big right now. So I'm going to have to write a blog on that. Did you see that movie as good as it gets like a long time ago? Yeah, with Diane Keaton's Keaton's house at the beach. That's Coastal Grandma. It's making a comeback. (laughs) Definitely. I think, yeah, the whole Nancy Meyer, all her houses are basically Coastal Grandma. But for some reason, that house from that movie really resonated with people. And now it's like all the rage that we see on Instagram. Yeah. And, you know, trends... With the staging inventory, I try to keep like the sofas and the chairs and the beds, like all pretty basic and classic. And then I might go crazy on a rug, like this rug in this picture here with rugs and pillows and bedding and artwork, because that you can kind of follow trends and get rid of it. But your workhorses, like your sofas and stuff, you want coffee tables, you want to keep around. So don't go too trendy. This house that I did, this is a different house. It's cute because she's my client now, the person that bought the house. She bought that rug from me and the sofa because that sofa I bought in a pinch and it was like down filled. The thing was so heavy. I'm like, I can't, this is a bad staging sofa. And so she bought it, but that's what I found is with what I'm doing. I have this interesting business life cycle where I'll kind of design and stage a house. The people that I do this for hire me to do their new house. One lady, she's moving to Portland and she just reached out to me and she's like, can we do a virtual thing? Cause you, it was so beneficial and I, my house was so much better. And so, you know, I've gone to other States to help design people's houses that I help to sell. And then the people that buy the house help reach out and then have me help design their house too. Love that. And Sharon has a question about a property that they're staging tomorrow. They're using a few pieces of the seller's furniture, including a red ugh, couch. How would you mitigate and design around the red couch? Uh, I The red is really, really tough because it's a hog, you know, of the, a camera hog. When you look at the pictures, like your eye can't help but go there. I guess a question would be like, 
hopefully the architecture isn't so fabulous in the house that like, good. Okay. So bread can distract a little bit. So I like throw blankets like over the back of the sofa, if it's floating, like a creamy throw blanket or something on the side or the front, if it's not floating, just really neutral pillows, neutral rug, and then make the red look on purpose, bring a little red somewhere else, but not too, too much. And I would say, Ashley, wouldn't you say, because the new coastal grandma trend, that sofa could probably use a slip cover and it'd be fine. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Slip cover is even better, and yeah, slip cover would be great. Sometimes sofas you can slip cover, and sometimes they're the wrong shape or whatever. I've had to work with some bad sofas before. It happens. Great of tucking. <laughs> yeah, and drop cloth. Like if you need fabric, painters drop cloths look like linen. They're so awesome. They're great for covering up futons or like built-in bench cushions or things like that. I don't know how it would work on a sofa, but drop cloths are amazing. When I used to do visual for anthropology, we used to use painter's drop cloth a lot because we didn't have budget from corporate. And so we will use it for table runner. We'll paint over them and distress them and have cut out and all this or stencil it. We have made them into rug as well. But obviously it works in the visual merchandising setting where staging could be a bit tricky. Also depending on the weight of the drop cloth. Yeah, they're phenomenal. And Sarah's asking, can you please elaborate on the design program you mentioned, design files, and also what are some of the main features you usually use it for? So design files is amazing. It makes shoppable mood boards. It also does like 3D design for with like a bird's eye view. But it clips out the backgrounds of products and it partners with like Anthropology and Wayfair and Target and Crate and Barrel and Pottery Barn and Our House and all these different vendors. And so you can easily get to products that are for sale and it clips them out. You can build a room. And then when you send the board to a client, below it has all of the links and the prices and everything. And then if you can hide the prices, if you want to, like if you're going to mark things up, you can put a different price on there, you know, if they're paying you and then you're buying everything. So just, you know, however you run it, but it's great. And then you can also do financials. You can do time tracking, you can do billing, you can do all sorts of stuff through it. So it's a really cool tool. I think in the meanwhile, I'll move on to Kelsey's question. Is that what bloggers use on their website for Shop My Favorites? Probably not because the way that you send the shoppable mood board is the person's email and send it to them directly. It's not like a live link. So I would think no. Okay. But I know for sure you can do it in Photoshop or Canva. You can do Canva as well because Canva lets you remove backgrounds now too if you have like the pro subscription. Janela is asking, yes, for renovations, like what should be prioritized? They have a very extremely tight budget. Paint. Paint's magic. And because I'm charging for my consultations, sometimes I will tell people like, you should paint your house instead of stage it. If you have only X number of dollars, you're better off painting because sometimes the paint's just so bad and it's such a game changer. Mm -hmm that, you know, it's, sometimes it's the most valuable thing a person can do. If they have slightly more budget, 
in addition to painting, what else would you recommend? I always like lighting and it can be so affordable and you can do trendy lighting, you know, that's fine as well. So paint, lighting, door hardware, house numbers, knobs, faucets, all of that quick updates and just so, so worth it. Yeah. And very accessible in pricing as well. And homeowner can even DIY it to save more money. Yeah. And Malik is asking for your vacant staging with updates like paint or fixtures, how do you project your installation days? Do you have an in-house contractor? No, I work with the contractor that's on the job and I tend to have certain relationships with realtors where they use the same contractor all the time. So I know the contractors at this point. And so, you know, there's just a few that I work with on a regular basis and we're just always in communication and the timing, you know, sometimes it's spot on and and sometimes it's not just depends on that's the nature of building and remodeling. And so like this project pushed out almost a month and I had you know, planned on staging it. So I couldn't stage another house because I knew that this one was going to be staged. So I lost some time there, but it's still, I still felt a big value in being able to do the job and see it through. That's great. Actually, I do have a question about your services. You said that in this project, you had three services. So was that made upfront with your client or was that something that came up during discussion that you said, oh, we can actually do X, Y, Z as well? So I spoke with the realtor and I told them about my pre-sale consultation and she was funny because she's like, I've been lurking you on Instagram. I see what you do. We want, and they actually bought this house and owned it. They were like, we want to flip this thing. And so I just said, let's start with the pre-sale consultation, two hours with notes. And then from there, if you need more help, I can help do those things or you can take my list and run with it. And so they said, no, we want your help. And then they knew staging. It was just a separate thing. And do you do the two-hour consultation for every single staging project? Most. That's great. I love that actually, because then they can really maximize everything and their time with you. Yeah. So most of them I do. I really don't like to do the staging projects where I don't do that because I can't help myself. And then I go in to just do my walkthrough to bid the job. And it's like, oh, you have brass and silver doorknobs, like fix that. Like, oh, you have cat smells. What is that? You know, like I can't help, but start to give all the advice that I charge for because I just know it makes such a big difference. Like the other day I was just doing a staging, didn't do the pre-sale consultation. I was just staging it, but it was just like, you need new house numbers and get a new patio light and you need a new bathroom light in your, over your vanity and take the shelf down. And, you know, I started doing what I do. It's just so valuable that I don't like to give that away. And then people will say, well, if we do the pre-sale consultation with you, will you discount your staging? And I say, no. They're two valuable and separate services. That's great. I love that. That's a really great way to present your value and what you bring to the project as well. And immediately, I think it's a really strong differentiator. And then you also make sure your time and expertise are properly compensated. 
Right. Because I've gone to a lot of schooling and reading and spent a lot of time learning what I know. And so, you know, they don't know it. So, (laughs) so I feel like I didn't get into this to just do it for fun. I got into it to have a business doing this. Love that. And Olga is asking, do you have experience with high-end luxury properties and how is it different? So where I live at the coast, like it can be a $4 million house and not really be a luxury property, but then people that are buying it in that price range kind of have certain expectations. And so I don't do like the big mansions and the really large, fancy furniture. I pretty much do like kind of like what you saw in this presentation. It's kind of playful and fun and a little quirky, not super, super high end large scale pieces. I work on houses that go for millions of dollars. So I guess to answer your question is I don't do that like luxury LA listing kind of stuff. Yeah. But I think your price point is already luxury. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I had a house that I did two days of occupied staging with the team and we just staged with their stuff and reworked it. I did a pre-sale consultation and had them make some changes. And then, you know, we worked with their stuff, the realtor, because they, it was a beach rental and people were going to be living in it and using it while it was for sale. The realtor bought, I told her what to buy, like buy all these pillows. And then I charged her like a shopping service, a mood board service. And I put together all like the pillows she should get at Target, got paid for my time to put that together. She bought it all, gave it to the homeowner, you know, like, here you go. And they paid for me and my team for two days on site to rehang pictures and move stuff and make beds and and bring in all of these accessories that the realtor purchased, but the house went a million dollars over asking. Time well spent, money well spent on everybody's part. Yeah. And Sarah's asking, do you have any tricks that you can suggest with bringing plants into a home and the most efficient way to go about doing that? And are there any pros and cons with using plants from your experience? Live plants? Yeah, I think she's asking about live plants. I mean, I wouldn't do live plants unless I was willing to go back and check on them and water them. So I only use fake plants and lots and lots of them. <laughs> I think it's it's a secret sauce. Plants, they've shown that whether they're real or fake have a psychological benefit on humans. And I use a lot of plants. Tons. Yeah, I would say so. Sarah, we have used live plants before. There are a couple of ways you can go about it. In some markets, there are actually plant rental companies that you can actually leverage and they deal with plant rental just as if they would with furniture, essentially. Those companies usually serve big corporations who need live plants and live maintenance. You know, places like WeWork, for example, they have a lot of plants in the common area and they do have a team that comes in to maintain it. If you want to do that on your own, I will recommend building in the pricing where you're going to assume the plant is going to die. Because from my experience, every time we supply live plants, they usually come back dead or half dead. And then so they end up in my mom's garden. 
where she would rehab these plants for months, essentially. But that's basically our assumption that we just assume it's going to die. The client usually, they either underwater it or they overwater it, or they just don't know how to take care of plants in general. They, they can't be bothered. Also, most of the agents are very busy. So that's basically the assumption we'll make. We will only put live plants in if the client has requested it. And then there is a disclaimer that if they want to build in a maintenance package to come in for us to refresh the plant, not only the plant, but also, you know, staging as well, there's an additional price for that. Usually the client doesn't want to deal with that. And so we just go with evergreen, forever young and fresh plants. They're fake. So, and you can get really high-end silk flowers and fake plants that look very real on photos. I think actually use pretty good quality ones. So you can see that they look pretty real on the camera. Yeah, I just try to inspect them and just make sure they they look okay. My question for most everything I do is, would I put this in my house? And if the answer is no, then I probably shouldn't be buying it. And then Sarah's asking a follow-up question. Where do you find fake plants that don't look too fake? I haven't had much luck finding good ones. Kind of everywhere. I'm always on the lookout. Target actually has some pretty decent fake plants. World Market, their air plants are amazing. They're so cool. They look great on bookshelves or, you know, just kind of in bathrooms or wherever. Those are super, super great. There's some companies online. I just bought some stems from somewhere. I forget where and they looked really, really good. Amazon, Wayfair, just read the reviews. When you're out, like Marshalls, Ross, World Market, wherever, sometimes they look good. Yeah, and if you ever go to furniture shows, there's also accessory shows that are within the furniture show. And so I actually will order a wholesale as well. With plants, because you usually order by the stems, right? They can be delivered by FedEx. They don't need to be delivered by large trucks where they would deliver furniture. So usually those type of wholesale vendor, you don't really need a commercial warehouse to open an account with them. They'll deliver to a residential home. So if you find that you buy a lot from the same supplier, like wholesale will be a good way to go as well. And then Kelsey's asking, do you put fake plants in pots outside too? No, but Target has had some outdoor fake plants that are kind of like succulents that are pretty good. And some grasses that were in baskets for outside that were pretty good. But one time I think I did that and it rained and then it went back in the storage tub and it was moldy. It's not good. There are outdoor fake plants. I would get those. Yeah. Or just tell the client get real ones from like a big store like Home Depot or something. Yeah. And that's usually what I'm doing outside is, and I don't make that part of my staging. I'll, it's part of the consultation. And I say, put flowers here, put a big pot of succulents here and get them to do that. Letitia is asking, should I buy from furniture store or should I get a partnership with a furniture rental store? I think that depends on your market. My initial staging training that I went to, her whole thing was like, don't buy furniture, just rent it, you know, and that was her whole business model. I found that here, I wasn't able to really pull that off. And so I had to buy, but especially, I mean, if you're starting, that's a great way to start for sure. 
And Ashley, I have to say, I really love your photograph. Do you usually have a professional photographer photograph you as well, like in the scene? I am in it. I paid for this. This house turned out so cute. It was a like a 1890s Victorian, and I got to do the design and the and the staging. It just turned out so good, and I didn't have any good pictures of me, so I hired a photographer who's a real estate photographer. She said she could do it. Had my hair done on site and my makeup <laughs> and did a photo shoot. And I don't like being on camera, so it was a, you know, a stretch for me, but it was good. No, I love that. Cuz I do think you do need some sort of publicity shots, right? Especially if a magazine or online media needs one, then you already have something on hand. Also, it looks nice and professional as well. Yeah, and then you can share them on social media every now and again. I'll pop one in just because, at least for me, at this point in my business, I am my business. So people want to know who they're dealing with. And so every so often, I'll put a picture out there, but not too often. No, but exactly. You are the face of your company and people want to see your face and just the logo. So I think it is good to bring that social media presence on as well. Yeah, definitely. Selena is asking, do you give your clients any freebies after consultation, like open house checklist or packing list? No, I have on my website tips for homeowners and I have that, but no, I don't. Because I pretty much at this point, I'm dealing with realtors and they've got their clients and just they handle a lot of that stuff and they just bring me in and I do my thing. I love that. Sarah D just came through with another question. What are your thoughts of using pieces that are used? Do you use furniture only or at this point in your business? Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. There's something uncomfortable about going into a space where everything is just completely perfect and having something that is secondhand and has been touched and worn or anything handmade or hand painted, it just shifts the way a place feels. And I love it. I want my spaces to feel really pretty, but I on purpose don't like set chairs exactly perfectly, you know, because I want it to feel inviting too. And so I think it helps the space feel inviting and coming from the thrift background that I do. I think that having secondhand, it's got to be like in nice shape or interesting or antique or, or whatever, but anytime I can get something secondhand, I'm super excited about it. I love that. And we have one last question from Elite. She says that uh, Cindy mentioned your pricing being luxury. What is your rate for consultation? Are you comfortable sharing that, Ashley? Sure. So I charge $450 for two hours and notes. And it's on my website. It's really upfront. And then if you look at the list to sale ratio price here in Santa Cruz, it's changed now. Like for the year, I think it's like 2% over asking something like that when you average out the whole year, cause there's, it was crazy. And then it dipped and my sale to ratio price is like 12 and a half, 13%. So if you're adding 10% more 
to the sale of your one, two, three million dollar house. That's a lot of money. And so, you know, I feel like I bring that to the table. I help them earn that extra money. Love that. All right. So that's it. Thank you guys so much. And then just a quick reminder, our Italian retreat still has spots. Ashley is going to be joining us. Her staging BFF is also going to join us as well. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks, everybody. Ashley. So that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help and support the show, there are three ways to do so. You can leave a review and rating on iTunes. You can share the show on social media, or you can donate to support the maintaining costs for the podcast. You can make a donation through the show notes or on the sidebar of our site. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, please do so. This will help us grow the show and book more guests. If you have any questions, feedback, and suggestions, you can comment on the show notes. You can also find the show notes by going to stagemore.com slash podcast. That's it. Have a fantastic week and happy staging. Happy staging.